0: Hey there, listeners. It's your host, Lindsay Stevens, and I'm coming to you today with a very special episode. My eighth grade students have recorded a discussion that they had about the events leading to the road to revolution and how they viewed them and how they think they impacted the American Revolution. Um, These are all real eighth graders from my classes, both a mixture of academic and pre ap and they worked really hard to prepare and discuss, and they were very brave. Um, This is kind of something that's out of their comfort zone. So we hope you enjoy, and if you have any feedback, we'd love to hear it. Just give us a shout-out on Twitter. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. This is Miss Stevens, and I'm in my classroom right now with my um, class. It's a kind of an assortment of my pre AP and academic classes, and we are going to be discussing the key events that led to the American Revolution. So, these eighth graders are here, and they're ready to share their thoughts about the um, key factors that led to the American Revolution. So. Here we go. Question number one is, what one word or phrase do you feel sums up the road to revolution era? Dramatic. Why do you say that?
1: Because like, for example, the Boston
2: massacre, it could have all been an accident, but it was dramatized to make it look like a massacre. Good. What other thoughts do we have? Representation, because um, they weren't didn't have a representative in parliament so that kind of caused all the all their problems good
0: so we got dramatic we've got
2: representative
3: stubborn because no one wanted to give up their stand in the war
2: good um i think parliament because this whole revolution it came from the colonists not having representative in parliament excellent
0: Awesome. So all of those are really great words or phrases to sum up the road to revolution era. So our next question is, um, what? why were many people loyalists? Why were many people loyalists at this time? Okay, we're going to go over here to our first speaker.
3: Um, people might be loyalists because um, they might see that patriots are losing and they might not get freedom. And it might become worse after the war.
0: Yeah, they were like, afraid of after-effects, right? And the repercussions of their actions. Good. <laughs> uh,
3: they stayed loyal because they were scared and they didn't mind the taxes. Like, they didn't want anything to get worse because of how Boston got punished after the Tea Party and massacre. Good.
2: They were scared of the consequences if they rebelled against British
1: I put fear also because they could be scared um, because if they had to, if they weren't loyal and they started a war, their families could be in danger.
0: I hear a lot of you talking about like being scared and fearful. Let's kind of transition into how does fear impact us? We talked about this when we did our original discussion in class. So how does fear impact our lives and still impact the government? Does it still impact the government today? Okay, let's talk about that. Let's talk about how and why that happens.
3: All right. The fear impacts the government and us today by causing us to think about how it could infect us and our fears. Like some like with the government, they could be afraid of the people rioting and protesting. Good. What other thoughts? Oh, come
2: on in class. Y'all had so many thoughts about this. Um, the government may use fear to control their people
0: explain don't give it a specific example but explain <laughs> okay so like I'm guessing what you're saying is that fear is a very powerful emotion right and can the government use that to get us to do things that they want us to do yes, yes. okay good um, how does let's transition how does loyalists and the loyalist beliefs how does that slowly change over the the ten years leading up to the American Revolution and what changes that? Why did they change from being loyalists to patriots? Give me some examples. let's talk. Maybe they just
1: got kind of fed up or they started like the taxes became too much for them to pay
2: for Good They were scared of the consequences, but either way they were still getting the punishment so. They might as well just switch off. Mm, excellent.
1: They started to realize that the king was a mean and rude tyrant.
0: Okay.
3: Some of them probably thought that they didn't really have anything else to lose, so they were just like, well, maybe I should go on with the bandwagon.
0: Okay, jump on the bandwagon. I feel like the
1: intolerable acts really like hit them hard. So they're, they're just, they're done with, with the king
0: and the acts and everything that's going on. Okay. Next question. Um, why did many American, we already said that, didn't we? Okay. How did media, how did media play a role? First of all, what do I mean by media? I mean, like what? newspapers um pamphlets images good um political cartoons how did media play a role we're gonna start over here it
1: brought hope of what's happening and gave them another way of communication so it can it be a positive
3: yes okay good what else um, it might have been really exaggerated and giving people the wrong idea like in the Boston massacre only five people were killed But some people thought it was a whole massacre so that they that made them more angry at the soldiers and at Britain
1: I mean like the newspapers played into it because like it got more people to know about it So like whenever the acts were in and stuff like they already knew about it and they were like this is mahogany so then they started to like rebel and protest. Good.
2: So they're spreading ideas, right? Um, yeah. since the king was overseas and he was so far away, they kind of felt like they had like freedom of speech almost, since he couldn't see any of it. And do you know they... what
0: that's called? Salutary. Salutary, Salutary neglect. neglect. Good. That's excellent point.
2: Would the media have been
0: different if the king was if they were right under the king's nose? Would they have been as free with their
3: thoughts and expressions? No. No. Good. The media played a role by using their fears to manipulate how they thought and felt about the intolerable acts and quartering acts and everything. Good. Uh, It might have made some people become patriots because they saw things that were happening in the government and they wanted to change it. Excellent. What else to add? It stirs up a lot of
1: emotion and it spills the tea that probably should have been spilled Ooh,
0: <laughs> does the media does the media still use these same tactics today yes. does the media still impact our beliefs and our ideas about government today Yes. okay do do we still have some inflammatory um uh language in media today yes, yeah. yes. okay good Was the American Revolution inevitable? Meaning, was it going to happen no matter what? It was unavoidable. And if so, what was the point at which there was no return? We are not going back. It is what it is. Okay? Um, We're going to start over here this time. It couldn't be
1: prevented because King George was unfair and he wouldn't listen to his people so they would not talk to him
2: peacefully anyways.
0: Right. It kind of goes back to that quote of um, John F. Kennedy who says if the... If the people are not heard in peaceful rebellion, they will resort to violent rebellion.
3: I think that it could have been preventable back then, but it would have been inevitable no matter what at any sort of time period. Because people will always find a way, find some sort of issue or problem with anything and everything.
1: I agree with that because it's really hard to please everyone. And if people aren't pleased, they'll want to do something and fix it. Um, I don't think it it could have been prevented at all. The king was so, like, ignorant to whatever was going on. And the point of no return was definitely uh, Lexington and Concord because after that
0: first battle, like, everyone was going in. Does everybody agree Lexington and Concord was the point of no return? Yes. Okay. Um, Let me ask you this. You kind of brought up the point of the fact that it was, for the most part, do we agree it was inevitable? So then why... What is the point of no taxation without representation as a rallying cry? Do you think that if the king had said, okay, you can have your representative, that that would have been enough? Let's talk about that. Why do you think that that wouldn't have been enough? Okay?
3: I think that if the king gave them a representative, they would have been happy, and maybe it would have been prevented. But also, the king was really stubborn, and he never gave them a representative. And also... The colonists never just agreed to pay the taxes, which they could have done and gotten it over with. Okay.
2: Um, I feel like even if they did have a representative, I mean it's the king's decision at the end of the day. So really what he says what he says really goes.
0: So really what you're saying is they weren't gonna stop until they had self government a yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Okay.
3: I think even if they did have a representative in parliament, they weren't really considered a real part of the country anyway. So they wouldn't have been listened to even if they really did have a representative.
0: That's a really good point. And we're going to talk about that in the next couple of weeks when we talk about how after the American Revolution, we win and we get the Northwest Territory, that Ohio River Valley area. And the, co- the founding fathers are like, OK, what do we do with this land? Do we make it a colony? Or do we slowly add it in as a state? What does that look like? Because that had never been done before. At this point, everything just always remained a colony. And so they're going to kind of use that hindsight to go back and say, well, if we make it a colony, could we eventually have a revolution on our hands again? Yeah, yeah so we got to figure something out. We'll be talking about that um, in the next couple of weeks. Good all good points let's talk about this what was the main motivator for the war was it religious economic political or social what do you think what do you think let's start over here
1: i think it was mostly economical because like all the taxes and stuff and probably a little bit political to because of the king like Excellent. politics
3: good I agree with these, what he said because Parliament wasn't giving a repre- them a representative that so that they could have a say in what their taxes were. I don't think there was really just one.
1: I think it was kind of a mix of all of them. But if you had to pick one, it would probably be political
2: because without, the political side kind of caused the economic part of it. Good. And we talked about political and economic, right? Political
0: being the the ideas of self-government that were kind of coming about from the Enlightenment. How does religion play into it? That one's going to make you think. And we didn't talk about that in class on Friday. But we did talk about religion. And most of the most of the issues are occurring up in New England. And is that the religious region? Yeah. So how does religion play into it? Maybe it's not direct, but indirectly. How does that play? Let's talk about that.
1: Well, whenever all of them were in England, they were all getting executed and they probably just didn't want that. Like, of course, they didn't want that to happen again. But if they did, um, like didn't if they didn't um, become just colonies and have their own self-government and they were true part of England, they would have had to go through that all over again.
0: So religious persecution and that, that the remnants of that, the leftovers of that still.
3: What else? maybe some of them had a past with religious persecution so um they were scared of what the king might do to them good
2: um maybe since the king basically ran their um churches almost he could have used that as like motivation to say oh well god wants you to do this or that or whatever good thought did
0: um especially like in massachusetts the puritan community did they use the government did they use religion a lot to start self-government what about the first great awakening do we remember that Yeah. yeah oh yeah what happened with that how how might that have played a role in the american revolution
3: the First Great Awakening brought religion to everyone that wasn't really able to get into it before, and it could have played a role into uh, modifying uh, their beliefs with the revolution by causing them to put together what the king and parliament was doing mm-hmm. to their religion, possibly believing that what some of the things they were doing was considered immoral and against their religion. Good.
1: I feel like they, um, that it was also part of people living far away. And then also it could have been fear because the people that were preaching were talking about like, um, you're not gonna, like, you're gonna die and not be able to go to heaven. So a lot of it was also fear.
0: Good. And did, um, in the first great awakening, did they talk about expanding rights to all people? Yes, no, maybe. Do y'all remember that? Maybe we need to go back over it. Okay, they did talk in the first great awakening. They talked a lot about expanding the rights to all people. Um, Even African-Americans should be able to be part of their religious experience. Um, Even poor people should be able to be part of their religious experience. Treating everyone equally. No longer do the rich people get to sit at the front of the church. It's just everybody sits where they want and we come out and gather. Also, did it change the way that we spread information a little bit? because it's going to take it away from just the church building to going out into open fields to have these huge, massive gatherings where they're discussing and, and preaching. So for sure. Good point. Okay. Last question. How do the issues in the road to revolution, how are they going to impact when we become our own country and how we are going to set up our government? How are they going to impact that? What are these problems? All the grievances we talked about, right? How are those things gonna impact us when we start to sit down and make our own
3: government, okay? Um, they're probably gonna do a lot of things that King didn't do, like listen to the people and um, have a representative for each colony, I mean state. Right. I agree with what she said and they could use the issues to mold what they should and shouldn't do and to grow better.
2: An example is a quartering act. Like, when we start our own of being independent, the Third Amendment is no, that you can't house soldiers, so it's like they're taking the what they've been through and changing it. Right. They're, like, straight up taking the grievances and using them
0: as, like, you will not be able to do this. Right? Excellent.
1: Um. One problem they might face is back to the beginning of what the king did and that is how they would tax the people and to find a way to get money for the government without making the people mad or making them feel like they don't have a say
0: yeah so when they transition into act like a government has to tax don't they but the problem is is if you've got 20 years of taxing and rebelling and taxing and rebelling and now when you start to come up and create your own country you gotta what you gotta tax the people but is it going to be easy to change that culture no it may not be and so that might be that's a great point Ephraim that might be a
2: problem that they face um I feel like they you can't make everyone happy so they will try to do what they can to be different from the um great British government but still no one won't be exactly happy
0: yeah is it going to be difficult to keep a nation of 200 million people always happy now we won't be 200 million when we start out but we are 200 million today is it easy for us to keep our nation happy even now no no what are they going to be fearful of at the very beginning are they going to be fearful of having a strong national government yeah so they're going to try and split the power between the states and we're going to talk about that good
1: so one thing that i agreed with earlier was um that someone said about the quartering act and they don't want that to happen again and it they lived through a time where the king wasn't in control and did all this like stuff that they didn't like and so they're not going to want to relive it again so they're going to do everything in their power to make laws so it won't happen to everyone again excellent anything else to add
0: okay well i think that that's all of our questions and um, I just want to thank you guys so much for participating in this discussion. I really enjoyed hearing what you guys have to say about this and how much you've learned. And um, I want to thank you, the listener, for listening to our awesome podcast. You guys want to say bye? Bye. you. Hey there, thanks for listening to our podcast. Join in the discussion on Twitter using the hashtag pasttopresentpod or tweet us at, at pasttopresentpod. That's past the number two present pod. If you have a minute, please consider helping other educators find our show by sharing our podcast on Twitter or giving us review on iTunes for PodMe. Special thanks to all those who helped develop the content for today's episode. Audio mixing for this episode done by Lindsay Stevens and music credit to BinsOund.com. All thoughts and ideas expressed in today's episode are that of the hosts and do not necessarily reflect the beliefs of KDISD.